Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I'm Nicole North and I'm your host. This season on At The Whiteboard, we're focusing on everything leadership, learning, and development. We have a ton of great guests ready to share their knowledge. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to At The Whiteboard. I am your host, Nicole North, and I am joined today by Eli Hans. Hello, it's so great to be here with you. It is wonderful to be here with you. Um, It was recommended by my dear friend, Joseph Bennett, that you must be on the show. Uh, And in our uh, five minute pre-chat, I got all the goosebumps, all the excitement, because I know that what we're going to talk about is so exciting to me and to you, and therefore it must be exciting to everyone on the planet. (laughs) I hope so. I really hope so. Thank you. So let me tell you a little bit about Eli. For the past year and a half, uh, and maybe a little bit more, through COVID, Eli's been focused, or maybe let's call it obsessed, on creating the show out of the blue. He's been writing the script, lyrics, and music, designing set and costumes, pulling together a super, super talented creative team. Um, and his dream is to share his healing adventure of overcoming cancer and other life-challenging events at all odds to inspire others to thrive in spite of great challenges in our lives, um, all while having a fabulous, heartwarming and entertaining evening of theater. Um, and I did just watch a tiny one minute snippet of uh, Eli's musical out of the blue. And it is captivating in one minute. I was delighted. I was dancing in my seat. I was feeling pain. I was feeling tears in my eyes. It was so much. I am so excited to have you here today, Eli. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself from your perspective and what you do. Oh my gosh. Well, first, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here with you because I also heard beautiful things about you. So it's great to get to know you. Uh, Well, what can I say? Yes, I have been obsessed for the last year and a half or a little bit longer with the show. Um, You know, it kind of came as a surprise. I hadn't uh, really done something like this in years. I went up to college to study theater and I used to do musicals. And then, you know, life takes over and career takes over. And my passion was kind of squelched it was kind of under the radar and I hadn't sung in a long time. And I like most of my current friends don't even know that I used to sing or, or perform at that level. So I kind of have reinvented my career many times, but during COVID, I think all of us had a really big shift, you know, during COVID. I mean, we reassessed a lot about what really matters and I had gone through a very intense life-changing experience like eight years earlier when I was diagnosed with very dire cancer diagnosis with a very rare and aggressive lymphoma. And I was given about a 10% chance of survival eight years ago. So when you're facing something like that, you reassess your life, you know? So I, everything changed. The whole course of my life changed. And though I wouldn't want to wish it upon anyone, 
that lesson of having cancer kind of kicked my butt right back into the path I feel that I'm meant to be on. So it was kind of a necessary thing to get me on the path that I'm on now. But so after eight years of, of being, now seven years of being well, I felt during COVID that it was the perfect time to express all the miracles that happened during my healing journey. And I turned 60. And for one thing, I never thought I was going to reach 60. So I was like, yay, 60. And then I also thought, oh, shit, 60. (laughs) How did I, 60, you know, got to think about retirement and all that stuff. But I asked myself one question. Is there anything I regret not having done? Hmm. So the question was pretty intense. And what immediately came up with Yes, I had always dreamed of being on Broadway and I never gave myself that shot. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to write a freaking musical about my healing journey. Super simple, right? Just super easy. And let me just say, I've written lyrics before. I've written little songs with my guitar, but I've never like done orchestrations or anything like that. So all during COVID, first of all, I wrote and wrote and wrote the whole story, you know, which was incredibly cathartic. I, I cried a lot. I relived moments because I realized that part of my healing was about really coming to learning to make peace with certain moments of my past that I hadn't really healed. So for me, healing cancer wasn't just about healing cancer. It's about healing my life. So I started writing that. And then I thought, yeah, this is going to be a musical. I started writing the songs and I taught myself to do orchestrations. And I did all that. And it was the best freaking time. I like, I loved COVID time because there were no distractions. I was home with all the time in the world to do this. You know, it was so amazing. And then when I read it the first time, it was like four and a half hours. It was way too long. <laughs> so then the dread came when I had to edit it. And I had to edit down to a, the longest I could do was a 90-minute show. So I finally figured out how to edit down to 90 minutes. So that's kind of the, the focus of my life for the last year and a half. Um, We finally had the world premiere where I live in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. There's a thriving theater community here and a lot, a lot of English uh, speaking folks that live here. It was a hit. We had sold out shows, standing ovations, you know, people loved it, which was so surprising. I didn't know, you know, how are people going to relate to a musical about, you know, healing you know your your cancer cancer healing journey and you know growing up as a gay kid in a conservative world and where I felt I didn't belong and that was part of the healing process and you know what audiences loved it and you know men women gay straight it didn't matter the themes turned out to be really universal and people loved it so that's kind of where I'm at right now I love it. And as, as we were talking it, you know, before we started recording, it was this idea of, you know, what you said to me connected right away. It was this idea of, I love helping people find their passion. Uh, as I wrote uh, this musical, I found my passion again, something I had kind of uh, pushed down and I healed from past trauma. 
And I immediately, my brain connected to the number of corporate clients that I have that will call me two months after an engagement and say, can you tell me how to do what you do? Um, yeah. I don't want to be in this corporate place anymore. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, how do you get so much joy from teaching about project planning? <laughs> right? I how love you, it. How do you right. do this? And, and, and it also made me think of sometimes managers behavior is a, and leaders behavior is impacted or influenced by their past tragedy and not even tragedy, but past things that happen at work. Yeah. You had a boss that micromanaged you and scolded you and didn't allow you to take risks. And now that is the style that you've kind of grabbed onto. So I thought today we would try and focus and see if we can help people find their joy at work, whether they're a leader or an entrepreneur or whatever it might be, where can we start um, digging? And for lack of a better phrase, I hate it, but peel away at the onion and no, find that, that joy and bring it in every day. Well, you know, I love that you're bringing that forth because the way all of this was, was birthed was my 60th birthday present to myself was giving myself 30 days of joy, guilt-free. So that was quote, quote unquote, guilt-free. That was really important because the first week or two, I was like so guilty that I wasn't working. You know, I'm, I'm a life coach and a holistic cancer coach. And I kind of wrapped up all my clients preparing for that. I was feeling so guilty that I wasn't working, like helping someone. And I thought, you know, this is for me. I'm going to do 30 days of joy. And I didn't know what it was. I thought, well, okay, I'm going to take a nap. Okay, well, that was fun. That was joyful. Now I'm going to read one. Yeah. We're just one hour in. Okay, what do we do now? Okay, that's 10 minutes. It's like, what should I be doing? (laughs) Then I thought, I'm going to read a novel, you know, not like a fiction, not like a self-help book or something to move forward in my life, just something fun to enjoy. So I read a novel and then little by little, as you said, peeling the onion, I thought, I'm going to sing. I hadn't sung, I hadn't sung in like years. So I got like a little karaoke kind of song. I think it was, um, it was one of the songs from the little mermaid. Uh, um, I can't even remember the title of it, but so I started singing that song and I ch- start, I changed the lyrics so that I could express what I was feeling about COVID and my wish for the world, you know, that I just want us all to get along. So I changed those lyrics. So wait, let me just get this straight. You took a yeah. nap, you read one book and then you wrote a song. Yeah. Then I wrote a song. <laughs> that fast folks. Yeah. It's that easy. Just uh, take a nap, read one book and your creative uh, intuition will flow. Well, Thank you no, so much for coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, for me, for me, what it took was, okay, I'm going to explore my old dream, my old passion, which was singing. You know, I've always, I always wanted to be on Broadway and I kind of started that way when I was younger. And then I gave up, I let career take over and, and I hadn't sung, I hadn't performed anything in years. So I just wrote that one little song. Um, Gosh, I can't even remember the title of it. Uh, Kiss the girl. But, no, it goes da 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 la da 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 la la da 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 na 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 na. Yeah. So anyway, Look at it was this that girl. Song. Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was that. The, it was that song. Yeah. Part of this world. Part of this. There world. you go. Part of your world. 
part of your world. We did it. So it's a quiz show it. and it's a karaoke session, yeah. everyone. Get Everybody's in on it. going, I know that song. <laughs> so it was my wish for the world, you know, what I wanted to, to happen. So I recorded the little song. And then Joseph, my husband, and I did a little quick video for my family. Uh, it was really fun. It was like right in the middle of COVID. Was, we had a collection of masks. And, you know, we were like, had like 50 rolls of toilet paper in the closet and all this. Stuff. So we did the video. And then I posted it on Facebook for my friends and family. Well, all of a sudden, that thing went crazy and it, it's been seen like four or 5,000 times or something. And I started getting comments from people like I didn't know all over the world telling me, oh my God, that song made me cry. That touched me so much. That's so beautiful. And I thought, whoa, there's something here. I just sang this little song and people are being touched. And to me, my passion is to inspire people inspire people to change, inspire people to transform, inspire people to heal. And I thought this was powerful. You know, the, the response people had to this little simple song that we just pulled together, what would happen if I take it deeper? And that's when I started writing the show that turned out to be Out of the Blue. And it's called Out of the Blue because of all the miracles that happened out of the blue in my life that changed the course of my life that led me to where I am today, which I happen to love where I am today. I love my life. I love what's, what's going on. So it's kind of surreal that I wrote this thing. I sent the music to a fabulous music arranger and he did all my music tracks. It sounded like a Broadway show. And I performed two music tracks for now. And in my mind, when I do the show, I'm on Broadway. It doesn't matter whether I'm on Broadway or not. It fulfills that passion in me and the audience gets it and the audience is moved. Why? Because I'm doing what I love to do, which is inspiring people through the gifts that I've been given. And oh, so- Interesting. You, you took a small casual moment. Uh, I'm fooling around with this song by myself um, into just a fun, easy video. It's not like you went into this, it, it, it kind of happened because you allowed yourself to do that fun little thing. Yeah, well, as Joseph's podcast says, I gave myself permission. Right, and that started with giving yourself permission to have 30 days of joy. Yes, yes, which was really a gift. And you know what? It's the most precious gift you can give yourself. I, listeners, I, I fully, fully encourage you. And as 30 days sounds like a lot, just to one day, one full day of doing what brings you joy. And if you don't know what it is, try to discover what that is. A, a clue is what did you used to love when you were a kid? That time would just fly by and all of a sudden, boom, there you were in the middle of it, fully immersed. That's a very good clue. So discover what that is and then expand it to a week if you can. And then just follow it. Let the joy guide you where you need to go. Because I love the second, oh, I'm so sorry I interrupted you, no, but I wanted to say the no, second no. part that you said is in my mind, I'm on Broadway. Yes. And that's how I feel 
in my car when I am singing by myself, there's no kids in the car, yeah. no husband to pick the music. It's just me, <laughs> whatever terrible song I want to sing over yeah. and over and over again. My new favorite is Higher by Michael Bublé. Oh, um, I love Michael and Bublé. I just belt it out at the top of my lungs, no matter yeah. what happens to my voice. I have no fear because there's no one there. And in those moments, I feel like I'm performing or I can... Yeah my brain kind of jumps in my head as I'm driving and kind of daydreaming. What if I were singing this on a, even a karaoke stage? So I wonder yeah. if that's a very interesting point. So it, one, give yourself permission to do something fun, even if it's five minutes a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Five minutes to do whatever you want. It's Watch a gift Netflix. for you. Gift. It's for a you. gift for you. Yeah. And then, you know, I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. Well, if I want to find my joy, then I have to go become famous now, Yeah. right? No, I no. have to be a Hollywood actor now. But I think what's pretty magical about what you said is just the act of doing it made me feel the feelings. Yeah. You well, didn't need to be famous to feel the feelings. You felt the feelings just doing it, maybe even at home. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us, when we have the dream, the dream is, you know, very seductive and, and it feels, oh, wouldn't it be great? The actual reality, like, I mean, right now I'm packing to take all my stuff, my props, my costumes, my microphones, everything to Hollywood. And I'm like, okay, this is the back, behind the scenes stuff that nobody ever sees. There's nothing glamorous about this. You know, it's like you see the show and you go, wow, I loved it. Or, well, I didn't like it. You have no idea all the prep. So a dream is awesome. I love having dreams and you've got to have the follow through and the taking action. This is why I think it's so important to absolutely be clear about what your passion is. You've got to love what you're doing because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of, of course, there will be challenges. There's challenges in everything. And if you don't love it, it'll derail you and you'll quit. But if you love it, no matter what, you'll just, you know, you'll push yourself to do it because it's the thing you need to do. So it's discovering that. And, um, you know, as a coach, a lot of times my clients have asked, well, how do I find my purpose? You know, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't, what's my, what's my mission? What's my purpose? Uh, I do believe everyone has a purpose and it doesn't have to be an enormous thing. I want to share a little secret with you that I discovered for myself several years ago, like 25 years ago, I was really having a lot of angst about, oh, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And I got this like download. And this is what I heard. Your purpose is to fully express who you came here to be. That's it. That's it. But the key word is fully. Not half-assed, not a little, it's like, who did you come here to be? What are your natural gifts and talents that you are, were born with? And just fully express them. If you want to be happy, that's the key to joy and happiness, is fully being present to what your gifts are and expressing them out in the world. So, you know, that kind of fulfillment can't be found anywhere else, I don't think. What do you think? Yeah. I'm, I'm rolling around. I'm, I'm thinking about all the, 
the people, I mean, I think of my own career. I started my career in government. So straight out of university, I became a receptionist at the government and then worked my way up to a, a manager in the government before I left to start my company on my own. Um, and, you know, nobody loves doing expense claims or writing slide decks. Nobody loves those things. Uh, nobody loves filling out forms. Nobody loves going to pointless meetings that go on and on and on and on. So I'm envisioning all these, uh, you know, corporate people that listen to the podcast and they must be going, well, good for you. You can go sing some songs and give some jazz hands. I even saw some good little Fossy hands in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you know, what am I supposed to do? Like I need to pay the mortgage. And I remember there was this pivotal point. I knew I was always trying to be a manager. I knew that managers disappointed me or made me feel bad. Didn't lift me up. Didn't find my, my treasures and what made me great. And that frustrated me. Mm-hmm. And so I was constantly seeking the job where I could help people feel great, mm. help people feel limitless, help people feel happy at work. Mm-hmm. Even if you're filling out forms or writing slide decks or going to pointless meetings. And for me as a leader, the joy I found working in the government and leading people in the government was working with those people and inspiring them and mm. lifting them up and help, mm. helping them discover what was magical about them, giving them feedback so that they could continue to improve and, and find their joy. Um, so if you're out there, if listener, you're, you're thinking, well, that's nice, but I'm not going to go start a musical or I'm not going to do this. There is place to find joy in your work. Um, And it's interesting because it's a question I ask my participants all the time. What is lighting you up this week? What, what, what one thing are you working on that gives you that sparkling eye and your own jazz hands? Well, you know, I'm fully aware of how privileged I am that I can take this opportunity to, to explore this at this time, part of my life you know, writing this musical, but believe me, it has been something that has been under the radar for years and years and years and years gnawing at me. So I think that, how can I say this? If there is someone out there who has a job where they're not finding joy in it, it's not about the job. It's about you finding your own joy in doing what you love and then bringing that joy into the work. So there might be something that you do after work that you adore and you just so lit up. Maybe it's, who knows, writing a memoir, writing a novel or starting a new side hustle or whatever it is. Get excited about that. And that excitement you can bring into your work. And what I find is it's contagious and people around you start kind of vibing with that same feeling again. So and I'm going to say something really, really risky. I don't know if this is do a good it, thing. Do it, do it, do it. I, 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 I'm hungry okay. for it. Okay, seriously. If you are in a place in your job and you hate it, do not waste your time hating anything in your life. It's like, yes, I know, but you need the work and you need to pay the bills. Totally get it. But I fully believe that you can discover another way to make money doing what you love 
helping the world become a better place and, and make a great living doing something you love. If your current situation is something you hate, change it. Yeah, there, it, there is a hint here that I'm putting together of resiliency that in order to, so I, I, we often talk about the kind of, I don't know, there's like 12 dimensions of resiliency. And one of them is self-efficacy. So mm. this idea that I'm capable, mm-hmm. if you gave me something to do right now that I'd never had done before, I feel that I have the capacity, the network, the propensity, the possibility to accomplish it. Mm. It may not be perfect, but I, I, I know that of myself. Mm-hmm. And that is a skill that can also be built. And I think sometimes what holds people back is that lack of self-efficacy, right? They don't believe they have anything to offer or they don't believe what they can do is good enough that people will pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, there's the major dream squelcher is self-doubt. Yeah. You know, we, I think we all have a degree of that because I really believe that part of a common human experience is an underneath belief at some level that we're not good enough, that we might not be good enough and that people will find that out and then what's going to happen to us you know that's one of the themes in in my show that people it's a universal theme it doesn't matter who people can relate to that feeling of I'm not good enough and then when you finally accept yourself and love yourself enough and are able to put those voices in your head kind of in their place and just allow yourself to just show up and see who's there you know, and what do you want to express? What, how, my, my feeling is, this is what I've always been searching for my whole life. Since I had a corporate job in 19, when was it? 1987. <laughs> and I think that's when I left my corporate job and I've been a, an entrepreneur ever since. I've, I've been working on my own ever since. But what I've, my quest has always been what do I love? How can I make a great living doing that if it benefits the world in some way, if it makes the world a better place? That place where those three circles meet, what do I love? How can I make a great living at it? And if it benefits the world, to me, that's the sweet spot mm. of joy and happiness. And I believe that all of us have the potential to find that. Is there a part of this in this very overstimulated, over hustle culture, um, this, this need to constantly be busy and looking at something and doing something that doesn't afford people the space to kind of uncover those little passions, those little goosebumps, those those feelings, those urges we get to do something above and beyond. And I think about that because I thought, wow, sure, I'm, I'm always kind of singing, but I'm only really singing and having that daydream of being on stage when I'm in the car by myself alone. 
mm-hmm. and there's no children asking me for water or mm-hmm. snacks yeah. or to take them to the washroom or asking me what's for dinner, what's going to happen after dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there's very little silence in my life except for those car rides mm. when I'm by wow. myself. How, how can we help people to find that quiet space? Wow, that's a beautiful question. And yeah, I mean, in our, in our current reality that we've all bought into, a, you know, kind of the rat race, working, 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 and having to make money to pay for the mortgage, to pay for the car, to pay for the bills, and then there's the kids, and there's a, all that gets so, uh, that we really forget about taking care of ourselves. And I think that prioritizing self-care is really a key component. So if you know that you love those minutes of being in the car on your own, find time when you need to go to the store or whatever, so you can give yourself those moments of self-care to fulfill that part of you. And you know, I know a woman who is a very successful, busy, busy, busy entrepreneur. She's one of like a mover and shaker. And she has a son and she has a husband and she wrote her own solo show about her experience, what she wanted to share with the world. And very similar to me, she happens to also be a musical. She's making a priority to make time for that in her life. And she has a dream similar to mine. And we're both kind of, we met through this experience of being in the Hollywood fringe next week. So we're going to actually meet in real life. But she is a busy mom and a busy professional who prioritized and asked her family to please support her with giving her the space and the time to follow this dream. So her dream is to be on Broadway as well, similar to mine. And it's about the journey, whether she gets there or not. She's living it. You know, she's so excited and she's so contagious because she's so thrilled. So... I don't think that there's a one answer for everyone, but I do think it begins with prioritizing self-care and prioritizing what's important to us, you know, and, and man- managing our time in a way that we can give ourselves that gift. It's hard. Of, it's hard for to yeah. feel okay giving yourself space. You know, I, I certainly feel a lot of guilt. Right? Remember if I said I... guilt-free? Yeah. Yeah. I said guilt-free at the beginning because, because imagine if you can, if you could erase the guilt part, because imagine the kind of person you would be if you really connected to your joy deeply, how much more of you will be available for the people in your life if you're just exuding that excitement and that joy. So it's almost like those, if you take the guilt away because you know that you're recharging to be more and to have more of you available for your loved ones, then there's no guilt. It's like, it's a free recharge. It's kind of a, a circle though. You have to try to take the space to, to find, you know, to, to take the self care. So that you can recognize when you come out of it, you are better. Yes. I think when you are stuck in the wheel, 
you, you, you can't see how there could be a better because there doesn't see There seems to be, you know, just time is just getting split and split and split and split and split. So it's almost like you need to experience it in order to realize it can work. Yes. Otherwise you get in the cycle of just, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yep. And I think it's very, very, very important to realize that your current reality, my current reality, everyone's current reality, isn't necessarily the reality for everyone. It's just your reality. And that if you don't like what it's like, you have the power to make changes to create another reality that does support your life in the way that you want it to. Like 12 years ago, we were totally in the rat race. Um, Joseph and I had a very successful interior design business. We were working our butt off, working, working, new project, big project. Like, you know, it's like, let's pay. We have two different houses and two cars and, you know, let's, and vacations and you know it was all about work 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 so we could pay for all the things and i felt that my soul was literally shriveling up like a raisin i mean i felt so dried up inside even though on the outside everything looked good and one day i told joseph you know what there's got to be a different reality than this just because we live in this one doesn't mean this is how it is all over the world so it's like, I need to be someplace where my spirit feels plump and juicy because I'm all dried up. <laughs> I and love that metaphor. I want my spirit <laughs> to feel plump and juicy, not shriveled up. That's like <laughs> magical imagery. Thank Everyone you. think about your day when you go to work tomorrow and how you can make your spirit feel plump and juicy well, while you are at work. <laughs> what I want to say about it is you just need to have that intention. Hold that intention. You want your spirit to be plump and juicy and then allow kind of the universe to unfold because what happened was the economy tanked in 2008. Not, I'm not saying we caused that to happen, but it tanked and all of our clients canceled our projects. And instead of freaking out, I remembered having traveled through this little town in central Mexico called San Miguel de Allende. It's a beautiful little jewel of a town like being in Italy or something and it's full of artists and it's very creative and I told Joseph you know there's an art school there why don't we go take a month and take like painting classes or ceramics or something and, and not let this thing depress us you know so we came here for a month we got three design jobs while we were here we stayed six months went home there was still no work rented the houses moved here for a year our business flourished with two hour siestas every day. So we were taking naps every day, totally different pace, different lifestyle. Everything is slow here. Everything takes time. We learned to finally kind of give into that. And our reality changed. And now I live someplace where my spirit is plump and juicy. And I still was doing interior design just really differently. So what I'm saying is, if you make what really matters your priority, and you're really clear about that, then you just need to know the what and the how starts taking care of itself. And you just have to be willing to go where you're being led. Yeah. And that, that might mean a change. Yeah. And that takes 
it takes space and it takes courage and it takes uh, kind of trust. I hate to say that phrase, trust the process, but a little bit of that trusting in the process. A big, right? a big of that trusting with a capital T. You have to trust when you take a leap, if it's really like feels like a guided thing, like this is what I must do. You have to trust that you're being guided in the right direction. And then bigger things happen that you hadn't even planned. I think all of us as human beings, we, we tend to try to plan our little lives. You know, it's like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. But, you know, I think the universe has a much bigger plan for us. And we're the ones that sometimes get in the way of that. So if we can co-create and play and say, yes, this is the reality I want to experience and treat it like a, like a game, like an adventure, and then seeing, ooh, this opportunity opened up. And, ooh, this is being calling me. Ooh, let's go see what this might be. All of a sudden, you never know who you're going to meet. That next person that you meet could have like the company that you would love to work for, the company of your dreams. And they'll say, you are perfect for this position. Come over here. You never know. Absolutely. Right? But I think we have to get clear about the kind of life we want to create, the kind of surroundings we want to be with, you know, the people we want to be with. And then just kind of magically sit back and and kind of co-create what's what's happening. Yeah. I used to do a little bit of co like career coaching or help people with their resumes and uh, as they were trying to kind of navigate that corporate government world that that I was in and I often had people and I said, you know, just imagine imagine yourself at work some period of time from now. Where are you sitting? What does it look like there? What does it feel like? Who's coming into your office and what are they saying? Mm. What are you doing and how do you feel? And, and that guiding people a little bit being like, oh, maybe I really don't want to apply for this job. That doesn't at all line up with the, the dream I just had They're, They don't, they don't align at all. Right. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. But that's that power of coaching that people don't often kind of gift themselves that space or that opportunity or that thing to, to have someone ask them those, those tough questions. And, and again, for me, coaching and even training for people is space to think for a second, to yeah. not look at your phone, to not respond to an email, to not get one more thing out the door today, just to sit and pause and, and think about what brings you joy. Well, yeah, you know, life is short it really is short it goes by quickly and i don't believe we're here to just work our butt off in a job we don't like i mean i just i can't imagine doing that it's we've got to discover like i said before how can i fully express who i am and it's like i love what you just said nicole about visualize what would be your ideal work environment what would you love to be doing what kind of people are you surrounded by you know is it fun is it creative is it you know or you know and then really tune into the energy of what that is who would you be and how would you feel in that environment and just capture it like if you could bottle the essence of what that is and stay in tune with what that is 
and then start watching what things how things start unfolding yeah it's uh, i have I really i really believe it i mean it sounds a little woo woo like oh yeah right oh. it's magic it truly works it, 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 i also you know that idea i always heard about people like i'm manifesting abundance and mm -hmm. like you kind of go like what are you talking about and then yeah. i went to tony robbins yeah last june so I got let go from a corporate job I had done temporarily during the pandemic, was devastated. First time I'd ever been let go in my entire career. Mm. Um, and then I said, okay, I'm going to relaunch Whiteboard, which was just kind of on a pandemic hold. And I went to Tony Robbins and I did. I said, this, this is what I see. This is how I, I see it happening. And I will tell you, it must be coming up on exactly a year to that Tony Robbins. I did hit it. <laughs> I did hit the revenue target. I said, I yeah. did do, I you know, it. I had a, you know, the idea of a, a Ted talk and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a Ted talk, but I did a Ted talk like event. Right. So I got really, really close because I, even if it was subconscious, that vision was always in my mind. But again, mm. Tony Robbins, love him or hate him, gave me space to do that. Mm -hmm. Space in that moment to sit and, and inspire me to say, okay, what, how can I do this? And well, I, it is possible. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. And what I think started that journey for you is what starts many, many journeys. And that is one word that I love clarity mm. you got really clear about what you wanted to do because when we're wishy-washy and like i don't know should i do that and i could do this well when we're wishy-washy we get wishy-washy results but when we get clear about something and then we connect to how excited we are about it and how awesome it would be then things start to start moving can i tell you a quick quick story please do i don't know how much time we have but i'll tell you very quick so after my the, the chemo sessions that i went through i wanted to get detoxed from all that stuff so i went to kind of a, a, a place where i got detoxed where they juices and all that and i was sitting there connecting to what i really wanted to do in my life i'd been doing interior design for like a long time and i thought I really want to like lead workshops. I want to do like personal growth leadership workshops. I mean, that's what I really want to do. But I had no idea how to go there. Like, where am I going to get trained? What, how do I do it? How do you start? But I felt really connected to it. And I really was excited about it because my healing journey had been so transform transformative. Well, one day, in one of the classes, there's all these empty seats. There weren't that many people. But this woman comes and sits and sits right next to me. And we loved each other. We started laughing and stuff. And she says, at one point, she says, hey, what are you passionate about? So I told her what I was passionate about. And she says, well, do you have any idea who I am? And I said, no, I have no freaking idea who you are. She says, my name is Janet Bray Atwood. And I travel all over the world training people how to become trainers how to do what you want to do and i was like what 
<laughs> so she came to San Miguel de Allende. She did a training here. We got her all these people. And then I moved forward with her and I became a facilitator of a passion test process. And then I took all these other trainings. And that was the beginning of this whole other thing that unfolded. And it all happened because I got really clear about what I wanted. And so that's what I, when I say that it can be magical, that's how things happen, but they only happen when you get clear. Yes. That you're magic. You're just magic, Eli. Thank you. Um, so I want to see if I can recap this. So to give people some tips to help them find their passion in what they do, maybe rekindle a passion with what they do that they've lost in the, the hustle mm -hmm. or uh, discover and get that clarity on their passion so that maybe they can seek a, a, a livelihood that embraces that passion rather than suppresses it. Yes. So let me see if I've got this right. So first is to give yourself permission to experience joy every day maybe for 30 days, maybe for five minutes, whatever you think you can do. As I always say, um, people only do the thing that they can do easily, yes. right? Path of least resistance. So if for you, it's, can you commit to five minutes a day of finding your joy? Make it so. Um, envision what that looks like and try and get some clarity. So I would say coaching, uh, Eli or, you know, any kind of coach that can help you work through and gain that clarity would be amazing to help you uncover that. Um, and then what, and then just, I, I want to say that the third piece is then just pretend it's happening. Just feel like you're on Broadway when you're doing it. Well, and, yes, like, yes. Feel, feeling, feeling it is a key moment, a key thing, feeling like you're already there. However, there's a very, very important um, last step. You've got to take action because you can't just sit there imagining things and expecting somebody to come to your door and knock on your door and say, do you want to be a Broadway star, right? You start taking action. And the action, for example, for you might be, I'm going to go do a karaoke night. Yes. Right. 100%. And it's got to be scary. It's like, oh God, this would be so scary. I'm going to go with a girlfriend and we're going to go to karaoke. Right. And so then you do karaoke, you get excited. And then maybe there's an audition for a show sometime near, near you. Mm -hmm. Then you go do that. You know, you, you need to start taking action forward because when you take action, it kind of engages all of these <laughs> magical things saying, okay, we hear you. You're really serious about this. We're going to open another door. Yeah. So that would be the third step is taking action. Yeah. And then, and then at some point sitting back and allowing it to unfold. Magical. Can I tell you a secret? Yes, please. The other day I was watching my favorite comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco. He's so funny to me for some reason. I could watch I it over and over and over again. That's great. I don't know who he is, but that's he's great. on Netflix. You've got to go find him. So, I mean, he's not funny to everyone, but he's extremely funny to me. And as I was, I was kind of stretching as I was watching, I started to write down like a comedy routine. 
So that's my, that's my secret thing that I'll admit just to you and the millions of listeners. <laughs> and we'll, well see if anything what, manifests from that. Well, yeah, because now you just multiplied it by all the people that just heard that. I know. And you know something? I'll tell you a secret too. That was one of Joseph's dreams. He wants to be a stand-up comic. And he took a comedy class and they performed their little five-minute routine at a comedy club. And he got to live out that little dream, which was awesome. And he was hilarious and the audience was fun and stuff. So maybe that's your next step is go to like one of those, you know, like amateur nights or whatever they're yeah. called and do your little five minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's, awesome. it's rolling around in my brain. I can, I can see it because I had the experience of doing it with my business where I'm like, I have clarity, I have vision. I know what I'm doing and exactly what I need to do my mind was open to this as well, right? Because I actually saw it happen for me. Like I had this, these visions and I made them happen this year. Not, I wouldn't say that I didn't try, but it wasn't so like I spent every day saying, how am I going to get a TED talk? Yeah. I just opened myself up or did things that I thought could lend themselves to it. And so knowing that I did it there, I think it's a bit of a snowball. Once you do it once, mm -hmm. you can do it again quite easily. Yes. Well, here's a perfect example. So let's say that it's someone like you who has, let's say that you have a, a, a nine to five job or whatever, but you discover that you want to do a comedy bit. You want to be a comedian. Now, the expectation isn't that overnight you're going to be Seinfeld or whoever, right? Or your, your favorite comedian. But the joy in writing your comedy sketch and rehearsing it and putting it together. And then the fear of actually signing up for one of those things and then bringing a friend over to support you and doing it and doing it, that joy and that excitement will seep into every aspect of your life. It'll seep into your kids and seep into your marriage. It's contagious. It'll, it's contagious, but you got to have that little secret thing you're doing that brings you that joy. And then you never know what if you happen to just be fabulous, which I'm sure that you will. And by the way, I wanted to, to know that the TED talk is coming. It's just not exactly on your time, but it will come. I can totally see that coming. But imagine if all of a sudden you do your little comedy routine and think of the fulfillment at that moment. I know. And, and how that's going to affect the, the other aspects of your life. 100%. I, I can feel it. I get it now. When I think about it, I feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, that's super powerful. Eli, you are inspiring. Mm, you are you. lovely. You are a joy to behold. <laughs> I am another one of my secret uh, visions is to find my way down to your retreat center in oh, Mexico and just bask in the sunshine of Joseph and Eli. Oh, I think you. I might explode, you know, just out of all that joy and, and inspiration from the both of you. So that oh. where can people find you if they are looking for you? Well, there's, you know, we have several businesses going on. So you just mentioned the retreat space in San Miguel de Allende. We have two wonderful um, spaces like Airbnb spaces. And it's called sanmiguelretreats.com. 
we do different types of retreats during the year. Like we just had a writer's retreat. And one of my, my things that I love to do is healing retreats for people recovering from cancer or people who just want to get healthy. We do cooking classes and Joseph does hypnotherapy and those kinds of things. So, or just coming for a vacation just to soak, like you said, just soak it all up. So that's San Miguel retreats. If anybody's interested in any kind of coaching to kind of help them rediscover what they're passionate about, um, our business is called sublimeguys.com. And we do coaching together or separately. And the last thing, if anybody wants to check out our show, Out of the Blue, the website is outofthebueshow.com. And that's where we will, we often have, uh, where we will be having um, video streaming shows. So you can watch it on video one of these days. So we'll do, we're gonna have a streaming show after the Hollywood experience. So yeah, those wow. are three ways that you can get in touch. Fantastic. So everyone go uh, find these amazing uh, people and go find Eli, go check out the show. Um, I know it's first on my list. It's, it's my, it's on my, on the top of my brain to, to get there, to see it, to, to do it all. Uh, thank you for your honesty and candor and just your joyful demeanor is just a, it's just a pleasure. Thank you, Eli. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. It was beautiful to be with you. And thanks everyone for listening. We we really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Until next time. Thanks for joining us at Ot the Whiteboard. We've had an amazing time with you here today. If you want to keep up to date with everything that at the whiteboard podcast is doing make sure that you rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can also find us on instagram at whiteboard consult or on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca talk soon <laughs>